Hello and welcome to another episode of the B Team. It is week three of the quarantine 2020. I am Jerry here in Denver, joined by the junk man at his home in Massachusetts and Wayland, Massachusetts, and Pimo, of course, out at ground zero of COVID for the U.S., Seattle, Washington. Guys, how are you hanging in week three of the quarantine? Pretty good. Uh, I'm, uh, I left, which is the new ground zero of New York City, so I'm safe, safe and sound in Boston, which is much, much better, but also it's getting pretty bad here, too. Um, but I'm, I'm alive. I'm enjoying quarantine. I'm watching Game 7 from the 2011 Stanley Cup run, Bruins versus Canadians. Uh, Bruins will go on to win this game, but still pretty intense here. My dad and I have been drinking and watching the games, and he's getting pretty heated, yelling at the refs still, even though they won. 10 years ago we also watched 1986 Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird uh you know Celtics playoff and my dad was just like screaming at the defense for being too soft and I was like <laughs> no they won this like 40 years ago um but it's been really fun and it's, been, it's getting me through without sports but it does make me miss him but Pima how you, how you doing up there Hanging in there. Um, as my grandmother texted me earlier today, the walls are starting to close in. I can definitely <laughs> feel that. But, you know, making do with what I got. Um, unfortunately, I don't have access to cable television, which means I am not able to watch any great sports runs on TV. Cooper. And Anderson Cooper, yeah. Um, thanks for that, too. But, no, mainly just the sports has been a miss. Um, I've been able to fill that void, though, with some YouTube videos. I've been watching a lot of highlight videos. It's hard to find full matches, though, um, really, of anything. If you know any links, definitely let me know. Uh, actually, this is important for all sports, for all football fans. Um, uh, NFL has free Game Pass right now, so you can watch every game pretty much ever. Just go to NFL.com, and it's pretty amazing. It's like breaking news. Are we, are it's we not, it's, first? I don't know why it's not bigger news out there, but like you can watch anything, like all games, sound effects, football life, America's game, everything is on NFL and it's free until the end of May. So this is our most proud sponsor, NFL.com. They love us. Uh, they really enjoy working with us and we enjoy working with them. But yeah, go over to NFL. It stuff's all there. It's sick. So you're telling me if I wanted to watch the Cleveland Browns versus the Patriots when Josh Gordon went off, but the Patriots still won back in like 2014, let's say week eight, I could find that game and watch that whole game. You could find that whole game. And I'm pretty sure that game won you a Super Bowl because Gronk got hurt by TJ Ward that game. And so the Patriots had no one to throw to, and then the Broncos kicked the shit out of them. Oh, wait, no. That was 2013, so they lost. But They, they lost, yeah. They, they got us to a Super Bowl. <laughs> got you to a Super Bowl. I definitely will agree with that, yep. And but you can watch that game. Yes, you can watch that game. Can I watch uh, game four, week four, rather, Monday Night Football of 2018, Matt Patricia's coming out party where he beat the whole franchise and turned the Lions around on their way to the Super Bowl appearance? And you can watch. You can watch that game. Okay, good. Never – forget that game late. I won't forget that game either because I was in a bar in um, a very Mexican neighborhood in LA with only white people there and uh, I asked them to put the game on we were all watching and the locals got pretty drunk and we were having a great time together and this one guy's like hey man like we got to put on the red hot chili peppers and I was like okay but like yeah we can keep the game on just without the sound he's like no like we play our music on YouTube here and it was like the fourth quarter and he was like, nah, sorry, man. Like, I need, I need chili peppers. And he put on uh, Stadium Arcadium and turned the game off. And I had to find another bar. So never forget that one. Well, it's a pretty good track. Good album, at least. Yeah, I agree. He was definitely right. And the lines <laughs> killed him. So. Yeah, we were dominant that day. You were? You were? Patriots. The glory days. <laughs> the glory days <laughs> of the Patricia era. Well, guys, I think it'd be – bad if we didn't talk just just a little bit about sports um only real thing to talk about that way though is nfl owners today voted to approve an expanded playoff format 
maybe in the hopes of getting the Detroit Lions back into the playoff picture a little bit more frequently than they've been doing this decade. But curious to get you guys' thoughts on that. Just, you know, do you think that's good for the league? Are you excited to see more teams in the playoffs? And do you maybe even think that it's going to allow for some bad teams to go on some pretty interesting runs? I'm not, like, too crazy about it because, foot, I mean, football is so – it's not like hockey or baseball or basketball. You play a series and usually the best team wins. Football can be very random, and I think it just adds the randomness, which is fun. But um, I don't know. I think there's already enough teams in there, and now it just kind of downplays the importance of the regular season just a little bit. But still, I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm not going to go around posting on message boards – saying how fucking pissed I am. Um, an interesting thing about it, though, is they're going to be broadcasting those games on Nickelodeon uh, to try and get a younger audience. This is real. This is real news. Uh, they are broadcasting the, the, play, the new wildcard games on Nickelodeon to try and go after a younger audience. <laughs> what? I'm serious. It's, that's real news. That's real news. That doesn't – what – what? They're going to put it on Channel 33, local Detroit? They're, they're putting it on, on CBS, and then Nickelodeon will have their own broadcast, their okay. own team, okay. and it'll also be on Nickelodeon. To try to get a younger audience. I mean, as long as they're putting it on CBS, too. I thought it was exclusively on Nickelodeon. Already, it's a ridiculous idea. Don't get me wrong. But Yeah, as, as long as you don't have Nick Cannon and Weird Al dropping slime on people while they come. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is that going to be the actual commentators, Weird Al and Nick Cannon? Because that was going to be my next question here was, who is going to commentate that? Like the cast of iCarly? Maybe. Yeah, that sounds actually pretty iCarly. good. iCarly is Disney. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Back off my turf. Is it? Back off my Nick turf. Yeah. I'm okay. going to trust Jerry. He knew the... All right. He seems pretty, pretty pissed about this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 93% sure. That iCarly is Disney. It's more of a Disney show. Some like I feel like life. it's Nick. No, the the sweet life of Zach and Cody. It's like some that's Disney. Thing. That's Disney. Yeah, it's like the same thing with iCarly. It's like here's this kid. But what about Zoe One Hundred and One, Drake and Josh, all that? That was that was Nickelodeon. So iCarly fit in that. Right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Drake and Josh is a really good point. Who could be the commentators? Also, Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. That would actually, be great. I think they had a falling out though. I don't know if they're now. They did. They did. Yeah. So our producer's telling me that um, iCarly was an American teen sitcom um, yeah. that ran on Nickelodeon. Oh, oh wow. Look at me. <laughs> Slap From... me across the face and call me Sally. I am wrong. Uh, well, sorry for that sidetrack. Jerry, Jerry, what's your take on, on the – Oh, the playoffs? Yeah. I, I mean, Drake and Josh was a great show, but I think playoffs, playoffs, uh, I, I'm all for it. I think we should be more inclusive uh, with teams in the NFL. Here he and, goes again. And not everybody is getting um, the opportunity to go to the playoffs. Some of us are getting screwed at nine and seven a lot, or we just missed the wild card or we losing the wild card. So, I'm all for expanding it out just for those fringe teams that are trying to get over the hump. I think it's a brilliant move. And I'm excited for the future generation Lions fans to watch Matt Stafford on Nickelodeon this year. Yeah, that's a great way to breed new Lions fans. Well, as – Was that a Tiger King? <laughs> that, that was a Tiger King reference, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. That show was crazy. That was our next segment, right, we had that we planned I out. I mean, I feel like every podcast is talking about Tiger King. Yeah, what are we maybe talking about? A little Tiger King talk, maybe? Yeah. Have you watched I, it? it? I've, I've, I've okay. watched it. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it, is, it, is it overdone? Is this cliched? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay, how about this? Good or bad? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Amazing. Thumbs Amazing. up. Best, Great. best, like, some of the best TV I've ever seen. Yeah. All right, well, Definitely. that was a really good recap. That was Tiger King talk. Now we can put that in the title and loop yeah. people in. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's what we do all the time. Like, I'll throw in Mookie Betts trade analysis. And, six, thumbs. Um, six thumbs, yeah, exactly. For all the weird, deformed people out there, P six team, thumbs. P-team uh, gold listeners got to see it. Um, thumbs up, double time. <laughs> That's so. why they pay the dollar a month, is so they can see our thumbs up, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but we, we have a little more to discuss, but I think we should – Lee, do you want to tease who we got joining the pod today? Well, you guys might remember uh, last week we had Squirrel Master <laughs> Alex O'Neill uh, talking about eating squirrels and getting sprayed in the face of pepper spray, and that was one uh, great interview. It's about in the same vein, but he's a little different. Uh, Pimo can maybe attest uh, to more of who this man is, but uh, it's it's about the same as as O'Neill, I would say. Yeah, so this man is going to be, at least to my knowledge, my biological father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows, really? Um, but yeah, it's going to be my dad. He's a doctor. Uh, he's actually a pulmonary and critical care doctor. So this guy. Whole- was leading the Colorado. He's the face of Colorado doctors fighting COVID-19. Yesterday, he's on the news, local Colorado news. Just him, governor over his left shoulder, and he's telling the people of Colorado how to stop the spread of this virus. Uh, We were lucky to have a great connection because we sure as hell don't deserve to have him on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and Pimo doesn't actually speak to him anymore, so luckily it was our producer – Jake and who uh, could connect us with him. Um, So it's great to have a producer like that. Yeah, no, Jake's been a great producer throughout the years and uh, really just brings a positive energy. So we'll be glad to have him on the pod. Um, I do kind of want to touch on something really quickly though. This is really not how a podcast should be, but frankly, our producers are just so overworked these days. There's no way to like back edit it, but going back to the Nickelodeon, um, commentators there's another popular sports podcast out there and they do a segment where they pick their top four um, commentators on Nickelodeon now I don't think four is necessary because a booth of four well that's just anarchy but who would your top two Nickelodeon sportscasters be mm. I can start we can do three yeah it, this again this follows no format that another podcast does no. uh, this is our own thing uh, we're gonna have to bring in a translator for that one. Please, please coming in. From... I didn't say anything. Okay. Well, we heard something weird come over the Zoom. Video playback. Yeah, really? it's okay. Yeah, you know, it happens. It happens. That's what we're doing these Wi-Fi days. troubles. Yeah. Well, we got we so many groove until Lee kind of ruined it with that. Well, let's go ahead with it. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, I, I can, it. I can definitely start. Um, I didn't have three in mind, but I think my two would be first. Uh, going on a little reoccurring theme here, I would have to say Gibby from iCarly um, and SpongeBob. So yeah, and you can use those two if you want. Like if everyone sure. thinks Gibby and SpongeBob, I don't have a third. Just two. Have a third. It's a two-man booth. Fine, uh, Carly from iCarly. There you go. Why are we such an iCarly heavy? <laughs> yeah, I, so many other shows. So pro iCarly. Lee. Jump well, uh, I'd probably go. I probably want Jordan von Strangle uh, in the color. Uh, if you don't remember him, he was a military guy from Fairly Odd Parents. Um, I would like to have him in there. Maybe the bailiff from the Amanda Show uh, <laughs> would be bring some muscle into it as well. And then we could go with um, – maybe let's go to Jerry, and I'll, I'll, I'll have a third later. Okay. I, I got to go. I want my color commentary, uh, Tommy from Rugrats. Mm-hmm. He's had a strong, piercing voice. Brought up what? really strong points, too. Right? Strong yeah. points. Hot takes. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, I want, um, as the funny guy in the booth who kind of says crazy shit, um, maybe a Patrick Star of sorts, you know. Patrick um, Star as Booger McFarland. Yeah, as Booger <laughs> in the booth, just bring in some good. Um, sometimes he's really odd. Sometimes he's really funny. And then I think finally we need um, Sandy Squarepants. Always good to see you, Jerry. You're not seeing you with the governor right behind you. Yeah. <laughs> or, the, or the governor in front of me. Or the governor in front of you. This is awesome. Well, Lee, nice to meet you. I don't know if we've ever met before. I've, 
I've listened to you many times. I, I th- yeah, I don't think we've actually ever met. I think it's all been, it's all been a virtual relationship, I guess. Yeah, I, and it still it. is. This is still yeah, virtual. Still, still it virtual. is, yeah. At least there's a, there's a face. That's true, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And you've probably listened to our old, uh, our, our show at CC too, right? Avid fan. Wow. Avid fan. <laughs> wow. One, one, one of the finest. Days. One of the first. Yeah, you probably, one of, one of three. <laughs> at least back in those days nowadays we uh you know we're getting our listenership up so yeah yeah are looking good yeah yeah as lee said uh, i don't know if you got a chance to listen to last week's episode but we had uh squirrel hunter and <laughs> um uh zen master uh alex o'neill was a great interview and yep. we're shifting gears here <laughs> with the leader <laughs> of fighting uh covid in colorado Dr. Moss himself, we're really so we were we're not deserving to have you on this podcast, but we're so happy you joined us. Do, do you know what, Harrison? You're right. You're not deserving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did we talk about the honorarium? I mean, how much money am I getting for this? That's the checks in the mail. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Right. We'll that's talk to our producers. We'll talk yeah, to our producers. Talk to our producers. Oh, yeah. Let's get- 1200 and it'll be addressed from the u.s federal government it's this thing we're doing yeah <laughs> it's actually probably at least i get a, a year's supply of who's your primary sponsor who's, who's the one that <laughs> i get a year's supply of pony pal pony pal that's it pal. that's what i thought that's what i thought yeah jerry that's some pretty good uh free exposure there too we didn't even pay for that ad but we've got you're Doctors saying. coming on the pod and you know repping pony it, You can see it's right there. Yeah, right there. I oh. downloaded the app. B team gold listeners. B team gold viewers <laughs> will see that. Login was there and clear. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, well we don't want to talk. Yeah, Pimo. I was just gonna go ahead and kind of open it up to some uh, questions. I know Lee and Jerry definitely have some. Um, and we're, you know, we like to keep things light here. So we'll talk maybe a little COVID talk, a little, uh, Philly sports, and maybe even touch on some of your escapades as a soccer goalie back in high school. Yeah. But I mean, whatever you think the audience wants to hear, I mean, you know, you know, the audience better than I do. Okay. You know, your listeners, I don't. So I think our listeners are, you know, it's, it's a, it's an uneasy time right now for a lot of people. And I think they all want to hear, is it distracting to have the sign language person next to you going crazy? Is does you notice that while you're, while you're talking? Um, I did. And you know, what's I think really interesting about that Lee, they're very, very dynamic in what they do. There's a lot of expression. It's not like they just, do the sign language. There's a lot of heart behind it too. And it made me feel like, am I not expressing myself quite well enough as they're doing? Because they, they made me seem like, boy, there's a huge, a lot of emotion in here. Um, so uh, it wasn't distracting. It was just a little, you know what it's like? It's like if you're, um, if you're talking to someone through a translator and you ask a question, they ask the person a question. The person gives like a three-minute answer, and then the translator said they said it was okay. And you're like, I want to know what they said for three minutes, you know? <laughs> so there's a little bit of that going on where, you know, I was like, are they really telling exactly what I'm saying? Because I'm using words like, you know, that, that I'm not sure I know the sign language for, or I'm not sure there is. So um, I want to make sure they're giving the real message. Yeah, it seemed like a good fit, though. You guys had a good chemistry going up there. We did. We we yeah. practiced beforehand. It seemed like it. Yeah. I I uh, took a sign language class in college and have family that signs, and it's actually more than half of the language is through the emotions. So that emotional thing you're describing is 100% yeah. real. And it's the face expressions and the body yeah. language that comes off of it. Um, and, yeah, it really makes for a beautiful language. And when you're up there presenting, I mean – it doesn't get any better looking than that. So I was, I loved it all. I had a question about when Colorado, okay, we're going to keep it light, but I do want to know okay. what makes this different than like the swine flu 10 years ago? 
uh, in Colorado and in the country? So I, I think there are several things. So let's say, why, why is it different than Ebola? Okay, so when you get Ebola, you get symptoms real quickly. And if you don't get treated properly with Ebola, you die. So it's hard to infect other people because you got infected, you didn't expose a lot of other people, and then in that situation, you just die, okay? So the whole key to this one is people can be infected and not really have a lot of major symptoms. So you might think, oh, I'm, I'm feeling okay, a little bit of a head cold, nothing major, but you're contagious. And if you're around people because you didn't realize you should quarantine yourself, you're going to infect people and then they're going to infect people. So like if you infected five people, Harrison, yeah. and those five people infected five people, you now have 25 people and it, it increases exponentially. Um, where if you can only infect one person, then that can affect one other person. It's not quite as uh, extreme that way. Um, so it really has to do with how long you're contagious for and not realize that you're sick and you might expose other people. And where is the state at and the country in containing and quarantining? Are we getting enough tests out there? Are more tests coming in? Um, and is the, where's the, I know we can't, we don't know, but where is the climax of this in your estimation at this point? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's really scary, Harrison. If you think about it, two weeks ago, there were 6,000 cases in the United States. And now over a two-week period, there's like 160 to 180,000 cases. So in two weeks, it went from six, you know, it increased 25 times or 17 times. So that's the scary part of it is that we're really on this rapid upslope. And what you want to try to do is decrease the transmission so people don't infect a lot of other people and sort of decrease the, um, the, the, the slope of the curve that way um, so people don't infect more people. Now, people are infectious for maybe up to two weeks. So if everybody quarantines themselves and doesn't infect anyone else, if it's a perfect system, you would expect things to start to die down after two weeks or so. And I can tell you, it's interesting, people are modeling this out. And um, a few days ago, they thought that the peak in Colorado would be around May 1st. But by looking at the slope of the curve, et cetera, and I think some of the social distancing things are working, the peak's now going to be on, you know, estimated somewhere around April 17th or so, which is good. So, you know, it, it, the, the social distancing measures are working. The scary part for me, what I do is that we didn't have any very sick patients with the COVID-19 10 days ago. And then um, a week ago or three days later, we had 12. And now at one hospital, we have over 40 people that are very sick on life support systems. So in 10 days, we went from zero to like two units filled with people that are very, very sick. And that's the scary part of it. Could uh, we backtrack a little bit and kind of get more of a, like a lot of our listeners and maybe some of our hosts don't know exactly what you do. Um, may, maybe if you give a little background and then, I mean, obviously this has been, this is great stuff so far, but uh, I guess kind of what your whole role is this, how you ended up with Jared Polis the other night and, um, and how involved you, you are. He plays a doctor on TV. The Holiday Inn Express a few nights ago. And everything, <laughs> everything fell into place after that, Lee. It was amazing. It was transformative that way. Wow. That's incredible. You should give it a try. It's yeah, amazing things uh, that dad, happen. In dad, dad, trust me, Lee spent many a night in the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that. Econo Lodge. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um... So, you know, I went to medical school and then I did a residency in internal medicine, sort of like general medicine stuff. And then um, I did a fellowship in lung special, you know, in pulmonology. And the reason lung specialists take care of people in the intensive care unit is a lot of times people in the intensive care unit are very sick. So they have to have a tube put down the back of their throat and hooked up to a 
breathing machine. So lung doctors know how to work these breathing machines. And that's why the lung specialists, I take care of critically ill people. So it's not so much I take care of someone with asthma um, or um, uh, emphysema. I mean, I can do that. I take care of people that are sick on life support systems. And that's what this is. It's kind of um, interesting that people that develop uh, the coronavirus or the COVID-19 infection, the virus infects their lungs and kind of destroys their lungs so they're, they don't breathe well and they end up on this breathing machine. Um, and that's what the tie-in is. How many, did we have a substantial amount of breathing machines before this? Are, we, are you guys already overwhelmed in Colorado? I know they are here in Boston and New York. Is it the same there? Yeah, um, I think right now we're okay. I think we're like a, and Lee, you're in New York or? I'm, I was in New York, I fled. I am now in Boston, which uh, I, I know some people who are on a ventilator right now and it's yeah. crazy there too. So uh, yeah. it's, it's bad in, in both places. Yeah, so we're probably, I, don't, I hope it's not quite as bad, but if you look at the numbers in New York and certain of the hospitals in, in Denver, we're probably like a week or so behind them in, the, yeah. in, in, in terms of what's gonna hit here. Hopefully our peak's not as high. Part of that is, um, you know, people live on top of each other in New York City. It's a very dense city that way. Denver's not quite as dense that way in terms of the population. So hopefully it's not quite as bad, but you know, no one can predict the future that way. Right. So. And how did, uh, did the, did, um, did Jared Polis ask you personally to, uh, to come join him? Was there, was there an application process? How did so you it's a really funny story. So, so it was Saturday night and I was sitting in bed kind of reading before I was going to go to bed and my cell phone rang and I looked at the number and I didn't recognize the number and I wasn't sure what it was. So I just let it ring through. I didn't answer it. So, you know, basically I screened the call yeah. and the voicemail came up and I, I kind of didn't understand it. You know, it kind of didn't make sense. So I said, I don't know, I should probably call back, you know? So it's 9.30 at night, I'm sitting in bed wearing a Nantucket t-shirt and my boxer shorts. Not that I FaceTime, but still it's kind of weird. And I, I call and I go, um, and, and the person answers the phone and they go, um, hi, this is Jared. I'm like, hi, Jared, it's Mark Moss. And then he goes, oh, it's, it's Jared Polis. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and I go, Oh, hi, Governor Paulus. Paulus, how are you? And he goes, I'm fine. Do you have a few minutes to talk? So he wanted to know a little bit about sort of what's going on in the front lines and stuff like that. And I'm sitting in bed and Parker, mom's like looking at me like going like, what in God's name is going on? <laughs> and, um, you know, I talked to him for 10 or 15 minutes, explained kind of some of the stuff I just explained to you. And he said, you know, thank you very much. Um, you know, if you need anything at all, just this is my personal cell phone. Give me a call. And um, I appreciate you taking the time. Wow. So I thought like what would be really funny is if like over the next few days, I sent him like, like funny cat video things or something. <laughs> like, hey, buddy. Like, <laughs> hey, this is from your best friend. <laughs> of course, I didn't do that. Um, and then the next day, one of the... Um, one of the people he works with uh, sent me uh, a text and said, hey, um, the governor's having a press conference tomorrow. Would you be willing to give a talk or something? And I don't, you know, you can ask Parker. I don't normally do stuff like this, but I'm like, you know, what the heck? I might also do it. I kind of know about this. It's sort of what I do. And I thought it'd be a, you know, be kind of good thing. I think I'm good at explaining things to people in a way they understand. So I said, sure. So I kind of worked on what I was going to say and, went down on Monday and, 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 you know, did the press conference and, um, that's the way it happened. But honest to God, I'm like, I'm looking at the phone. I'm like, I don't know who this is. I thought some <laughs> prank call and stuff. It's the governor. That is wild. <laughs> not, not sucking up, even though you came on our podcast, but yeah, no, you, you killed it. You did a phenomenal did job. I? You really yeah. did. Thank you were you. really, uh, well-tempered, knew all your stuff, obviously. And we're really like a calming voice of delivering all that what could be really complicated information. I know yeah. me and my roommate Robert were also watching and super impressed. So that awesome. was, um, but I would be personally, if someone calls and goes, Hey, it's Jared, what percentage, Subway. 
So Wait, <laughs> Blake, Blake? I, th- I thought you were in jail. Like, what's your yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now I thought the same thing. I was like, it's the subway dude. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm not 11. <laughs> like, like, I'm a grown up. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, Jared, I know we're first-time basis, Governor. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Holy moly. Um, I guess, I, yeah, I, uh, I watched it too. And I, my, like my favorite part to hear was you talking about um, all of your colleagues and doctors. I know this is a crazy transition to get really serious after talking about Jared. <laughs> That's okay. But, but we do that a lot on our, on our podcast, I, I feel like. Um, but yeah, that was really cool to hear um, kind of a, a firsthand account. And I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people don't really understand the risks that a lot of doctors are putting yeah. themselves in. Um, is I guess how do, how do you feel about your own safety and about doing this? I know you said it was an honor and and it's a privilege to 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 do this, yeah. but um, I guess how do you feel and how do you feel about your colleagues going in? And do we need more support? Is there anything that c- c- citizens who are drinking beer and recording a stupid podcast? You think can- Lee can do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a really good question, Lee. I, I I mean, the way I look at it is this is my job. I mean, this is yeah. what you do. Um, and there are risks involved in any job. And, um, but the patients need you. I mean, the reason you study so hard and learn about stuff is to try to get people better. And the one thing I've said, uh, you know, a little on the serious side, what's really kind of interesting from my job is I take care of people that never met me before. So in general, people come to the emergency department, they're really sick, they get put in the intensive care unit, you end up talking to them. They don't know who I am. They don't know if I'm a good doctor or a bad doctor. Their family members are really scared and they're scared that maybe they're going to pass away. And I mean, it's a pretty intense time and it's an intense relationship. And you've got to gain their trust really quickly, right? I mean, you, 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 you can screw it up pretty badly, but you've got to gain their trust. And the way I kind of look at it is that um, it's an amazing opportunity people are entrusting you with their health and they've never met you before. Like, how can you not take that seriously? So, I mean, that's the way I look at it. And you can ask Parker. I mean, there were, there were times where I didn't, wasn't home for Thanksgiving or you got to go to a Broncos game with whomever and I had to work. And, you know, I think it does impact things that way, but I mean, you get to work really hard and watch people get better. Um, and, and go on and live another 30 or 40 or 50 years. Like, I just can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, it's some of the, it's incredible work. And obviously we thank you and your colleagues for everything you're doing um, on the front lines. Um, yeah. Seriously, of a, of, a, of a war in so many ways. Yeah. I think one of the coolest moments that you see around the world is when we're, there are people are going on their balconies and whether it's Madrid or New York and clapping for all the healthcare workers. Yeah. It's like you watch that video and you're like, I'm not going to cry. But then, yeah, you know, yeah, a couple of tears come out. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's um, you know, it's kind of nice that people um, are reaching out and saying nice things and appreciating what people are doing for them. And, you know, I, I don't think that that's not why you do it, of course, but it's nice when people acknowledge what, you, what you're doing and the sacrifices that you make. So and that's why we, there, that's oh, why we, we gotta, out. I mean, this is getting too serious. I mean, we got to talk about some funny stuff, right? Um, yeah. I, did you have a, uh, did you have a stylist? Did you decide to wear the stethoscope? <laughs> <laughs> did Jared tell you to do that? How did you, did, was that your decision? Um, so you can ask Parker, I haven't worn a white coat in years. <laughs> like, that's not I true. Own one. <laughs> he and, and he wears you know, it around our I, house all the yeah, time. He'll just come him. home. He's got one for work. He's got one at home. You know, <laughs> he's lying. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, okay. You. So we're gonna tell the truth, Parker. I wear a white coat all the time. I actually make Parker call me Doctor Moss. Okay. <laughs> at, at least until I turned eighteen and could leave. At least eighteen. The army. Yeah. Right. I saw you wearing it at the Broncos game. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. I. You know. I make everyone call me doc. No, to be honest with you, Lee, like when I introduce myself to patients, I just say, hi, I'm Mark Moss. I'm one of the doctors here. And they want to call me Mark. It's fine. Um, you know, it's just kind of who I am. But no, they told me like, you have to wear a white coat. I'm like, 
I don't ever wear a white coat. And they're like, you have to wear a white coat. And I'm like, why? And they're like, they won't know you're a doctor. I'm like, how about based on what I say? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, you got to wear a white coat. I'm like, fine. So I had a fine. It was like curled up in a ball in the corner of my office. You had to go out to the office. I worked with, they said, they, like, where'd you find that? I'm like, literally that jacket, that white coat is like older than Parker. <laughs> no, it, it's like that's like 26 old years old i i got that before parker was born you know how many times i've worn it i mean the stethoscope, the stethoscope too i just thought you know if you're gonna do it like do yeah. it like, you go know, all out the part. Just, yeah. you have to do the whole thing so no brain i was gonna wear like the surgical mask <laughs> yeah <laughs> put some fake blood splatters around you, know, like, you. like the capping down yeah. and walking yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. How was how was the governor? Um, you know, the dude's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how he does his job. It's not like he walked in and kind of like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? It was very like, this is what I want you to say, this is what you're gonna do. Then he went and like worked on the speech and talked to me, these people and all this stuff. I right. mean, and then he, he's gone from one meeting to another. So it's not like we got to sat down and talk about stuff. It was very clear what he wanted me to do. It was very clear what I was there for. I mean, it's very polite and nice and everything, but this wasn't like, hey, so what, who do you think the Broncos are going to draft in the first <laughs> round? You know, like, it was very business related. Yeah. And, and I would expect that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot right. of stuff going on. He's got a lot on his plate. That's really funny you said that because my next question was, who do you think the Broncos are going to draft in the first round? <laughs> I, what a lead-in. What, what lead <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You know, I'm always thinking that you draft linemen, right? And Love no it. one would ever say That's that the line for the last few years. And, you know, when you, when you have people that are like Garrett Bowles, who most people like won't even say his name, who has more holding penalties than anybody <laughs> who was just not a good first-round draft. At some point, you have to just say, I made a mistake, sort of like Paxton Lynch. We made a mistake. We got to move on. I think they need to draft an offensive lineman, you know, maybe a defensive lineman, depending what they do with other people, you know, the Derek Wolf stuff. But I think you, you draft linemen. It's not sexy, but it wins football games. Uh, I, agree. I feel like we talk about that a lot on this podcast, how some teams are obsessed with drafting a receiver and it's way better to just, you know, get a lineman, get a linebacker. Yeah. Are, are you, are you a lifelong Broncos fan or you're a Philly fan first, right? Yeah. I grew up in Philly and kind of always kind of rooted, rooted for them. Um, you know, grew up a big Flyers fan because when I was little, the Flyers were really good and they won some of the Stanley Cups when I was like in elementary school and junior high school. Um, you know, the Sixers got good with Julius Irving and that whole era, you know, won the championship in uh, 83. Um, Phillies were kind of hard to root for because they were really bad when I was little, but then they got good. Um, but like the Eagles, it's like, it's like Harrison with the Lions. It's sort of in your blood a little bit. They, no matter how bad they were or whatever, you, you kind of root for them. Um, but we moved around a little bit. And, you know, as everyone knows, Denver's a pretty, pretty big sports fan and pretty, pretty big Broncos fan. So um, they're a city that way. So we kind of adopted the Broncos. And um, so I think I would say the Broncos are my AFC team and the Eagles are my NFC team. The big, the big test was a few years ago, um, the Eagles came and played the Broncos in Denver. And my brother flew out from Philadelphia and, walking into the game, he's like, who are you going to root for? And this was like, this was a defining moment, right? You know? And at the time I actually said I was going to root for the Broncos. Um, and wow. I did. So yeah. I kind of feel like my allegiance has shifted a little bit, but I can tell you like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I, I had tears in my eyes. I mean, mm -hmm. that just, you know, all the memories came back when my mom turned to me and said, my dad who, you know, died several years ago. He's like, your dad would have been so happy today. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to get those memories from the Broncos, but you get them from the Eagles. Right. So I was going to ask that: Were you more excited for you're more excited for the Eagles than the Broncos? That's a tough one because the the Broncos happened first, so it's like your first anything. Yeah. Is 
Jerry, Jerry's going to better. Gonna, Jerry, listen <laughs> to this guy. You know, I'm um, taking notes. I'm taking notes. Are you taking notes here? <laughs> yeah. Um, for when that for that moment comes yeah, when the Lions well, actually win a Super Bowl. Well, it's coming. I was just talking about winning a playoff game. Let's start there. I'll take one playoff game in my life. You froze, or I froze. Oh, well, that's fine. It's classic B team. Are we back? Yeah, it's part yeah. of our stick. It's, it's part, part of our team. stick. Yeah, it's, your your stream with Jared Poles is probably a little more secure than ours. Yeah. Yours <laughs> has definitely been infiltrated. There's, I, I'm going out on a limb here and saying there's also probably a pretty good chance that his computer died. It, you know. If I had to guess, yeah, as, oh, really? as the sun here, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as the sun in this equation. Well, um, he's, he's busy doing much more important things than talking to us shitheads, that's for sure. Yeah, he had to run, and he threw his lab coat on and just ran through the room. <laughs> Gold viewers will see that. He's I was finally about to, yeah, I was about to learn what it's like to win a playoff game. Well, I guess you'll never <laughs> even learn it. I didn't even get to learn it. It's done. <laughs> Ah, damn! So was the something I said? You, you guys cut me off. Like, did <laughs> like, I say something inflammatory? Yeah. Did, they, did, the, did the critics or like the you know the the national broadcasting come in and say he's done? You cut me off. We had to shut Jerry you down. Cut you out because he got so jealous. I got that shut you've down, been, huh? Yeah. You've been celebrating two Super Bowl championships in the past ten years, and he hasn't ever seen a playoff win, so he just cut you out. Yeah, you were about to tell me what it's <laughs> like, and I, I just couldn't bear to hear it. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought, Harrison. And, yeah. You know, I was going to start making fun of the Lions, like, like really, you, know you really didn't win a Super Bowl, and you just that was it. I hit a nerve. <laughs> I couldn't have it for Matt Stafford. I had to just cut you. Actually, it was for Kelly. Hashtag win it for Kelly. Um, I had to just cut you off. Kelly Stafford Lee. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but no, yeah, that, that, uh, that moment will come to me one day. Maybe, I don't know. I'm kind of losing faith every day. So how long you are a Broncos uh, season ticket holder. When did you get those Broncos tickets? Those are hard tickets to get. Yeah, we, um, the, the, the good tickets, um, Jerry, we got from a, a friend, and we don't really have the rights to them, but we have used them, um, and that's worked well. When we moved out to Denver 14 years ago, we put our name on the lottery, and through all the Tebow era stuff, when they weren't doing very well, we kind of moved up and got seats that were in the nosebleed sections, and then slowly have kind of moved down a little bit. Um, so the other ones, the not as good ones, are our tickets um so but the other ones we've got to use and it's worked out those other ones have worked out well parker's got to see um you know the the broncos win afc championship games and playoff games and uh i mean those are memory and and probably what he would say is one of the finer memories was the tim tebow that demarius thomas catch to beat the steelers in the first playoff game um but so we've seen a lot of a lot of good memories from um from those uh uh from those seats so yeah i was gonna say you said the down years of tebow and you still had more combined playoff wins in the lions in the last three decades so again rubbing it in i might just cut you off <laughs> again <laughs> well dad i've i've let jerry and lee kind of run the show for most of the interview here and i'm really glad that they did yeah um, I do have one question for you. As a Philly sports fan, what is the most insane thing that you ever saw either on the streets of Philadelphia or at a stadium? <laughs> Great question. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think what I'm going to say, you're not going to – you're going to think of something different. I went to a Phillies game, and um, they were playing the Giants. And it was the bottom of the ninth inning and the Phillies were down by a run and there were two outs and there was a guy on third base by the name of Bake McBride. And we had pretty good seats sitting behind home plate and he tried to steal home and he got tagged out and the game was over. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're trying to steal home. I mean, it's just like, and I'll never forget it. It's like, I'd never seen anyone try to steal home before. And and I don't know what he was thinking. Oh um, 
So I, I know that you're probably thinking of like what some fan did to someone else or whatever. Oh, oh, I, oh, better story. Best story ever. And you know this story, Parker. There's a so, reason that I asked this question. Yes, there's a reason I asked the question. Is <laughs> a leading question? So, is, is it about the Flyers? Of course. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, um, so my cousin used to have tickets to the Flyers, and um, they had these games on Saturday afternoons once a year against the Boston Bruins. And um, – you know, he couldn't go because he was working. So he would give them away and he always gave them to me and my brother. And usually we'd go with my mom, but we got to an age where the first year, um, Granny said like, you know, Mark and Brad, why don't you go together? Just the two, and she drove us down to the spectrum and go to the stadium. I must've been nine years old and uncle Brad was 12, something like that. And my cousin had amazing seats two rows behind the penalty box, center ice, because his wife was from Toronto and she liked the hockey, so he got these tickets. So at the time, the, the, this was a little bit of a rivalry, and um, the Bruins had these, this guy by the name of Derek Sanderson. He was the center with his handlebar mustache, and he's kind of a <laughs> punk, you know? And, and he got a penalty, and he got put in the penalty box, and this guy a row behind me starts screaming at Derek Sanderson, like, you're a bum, Sanderson, you're a bum. So Sanderson stood up and starts yelling back at the fan. And the fan got into it with him and took his beer and poured it over Derek Sanderson oh. in the penalty box. I mean, it sounds like something out of Slap Shop, but this is a true story. <laughs> and the Bruins went ballistic. Sanderson climbed over the penalty box into the stands and the rest of the Bruins climbed over the penalty box into the stands and got in a fight with the Philadelphia Flyer fan. Oh. Uncle Brad and I are standing there. I remember I'm standing there next to Ken Hodge, number eight, big uh, uh, winger center for the Bruins. And I'm standing there. He's got his skates on. I come up to his waist. This guy's punching the guy two rows behind me. And I'm standing there. And Uncle Brad's like, we got to get out of here. And he pulled me out of here. The next, and, and, and the Cobbs game broke everything up, finished the game. The next year in the Flyers yearbook, there's a picture of me standing next to Ken Hodge, looking up at him while he's punching a fan. <laughs> that is a true oh, wow. story. That sounds like a fake, but that, that's much better than the stealing home. No, yeah. Fuck that guy for stealing home, but that story was yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe you almost just left us with the stealing home story. <laughs> no. I, Parker, I'm, I mean, I, I was trying to you know, like, you know, craziest thing. Yeah, that that would top anything. I mean, yeah. and, and it's something on a movie. That is completely true. None of that's made up. The whole thing, Jimmy gave us the ticket Saturday afternoon. It was the first time Granny let us go by ourselves. <laughs> Unbelievable story. Wait, Never. so how old were you at the time? What's that? How old were you at the time? I think I was probably nine years old. Wow. This was before they won the, the their first Stanley Cup, which, which was in like 72. So, yeah, it's probably like nine, you know, eight or nine. Uncle Brad was 11 or 12. I mean, think about it in this day and age. Who would let a 12-year-old and nine-year-old go to a hockey game by themselves, you know? Definitely nope. a different time. Flag on the play. Yeah. Wow. Were you scared? Um, I think I was like too little to even know what was going on. I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. Like I'm next to these like <laughs> hockey guys that I, I mean, like literally is like right next to me. Yeah, you were at his waist. <laughs> I should have asked him for an autograph. Right? <laughs> like, hey, dude, can you stop punching him? Can I get an autograph? <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. Well, Dad, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, obviously you're a busy man, but we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with the B team and all of our followers. Um, yeah, keep yeah, we, doing what you're doing and, um, turn it back to Jerry and Lee. Yeah. We, we always end our show with a segment called one last thing. And I know as a long time listener, you know that, so I don't really need to, need to explain yeah. it, but, but we'll go and say one last thing. Um, but yeah, before we do, yeah, thanks so much for having you on. This was definitely our most, uh, I mean, 
like exponentially educational interview we've ever done and fun. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, so guess. I did better than the squirrel hunter. This is more education <laughs> than squirrel hunting. No, we'll have to put a poll maybe on our Instagram. <laughs> that's a good, that's a close one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a close second to the squirrel hunter because he is also a Zen master. So, you know, yeah. I, you're a doctor and what? Like, yeah, yeah I, I only got one thing. You know, yeah. you know what? And I'm your dad. So that's yeah, there, there you go. There gotcha. you go. Um, um, I did, I guess before we go, if there's any, I, I know you might have to run and throw on your lab coat and get out of here as quick as possible, but if there's anything quick to say about, uh, you know, um, I guess what we can do, I know we all know about social distancing, but if there's any last one last thing for you to say to, to, uh, our listeners who are very, you know, very great people, we got the best listeners in the world, all five of them. So, uh, yeah, you got anything to say to, to those to those five? I, I would just say it's real. You know, there are a lot there are people out there that think, oh, why are they doing all this stuff? It's not not a big deal. It's a big deal. It's real and it's scary, as I, as I said on the uh, the press conference. So if you can make sure that your friends are taking it seriously, that's probably the most important thing. Sit while my nigga be in school Thinking about the second album At the dungeon shooting pool Like ES to the PN Cause we just to the B end the zone Honey, I'm home But I'm not married Carried a lot of problems around Being frustrated And now I'm sitting at the end of the month I just made it Like you made the B team And like your daddy's wife You making a cough You heard the AT alien So back the hell up off Softly as if I played piano in the dark Found a way to channel my anger Not to involve The world's a stage And everybody got to play their part God works in mysterious ways So when he starts the job of speaking through us we be so sincere with this here No drugs or alcohol So I can get the signal clear as day Put my block away I got a stronger weapon That never runs out of ammunition So I'm ready for war Okay Hold your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits And all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say Oh yeah, yeah.